You're listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. Oh, it's hot, baby. Hot. Woo! Hot fire. You know what it is. You know who it is. It's The Sizzle here on Iron Skillet Radio, Iron Skillet Television. You know what time it is. It's time for the hot money segment. And you know who is in the building. The dopest chick on your timeline. You know who she is. She's Simone Quezon. Look, we got to talk about hot money, hot stocks. What's an IPO? Bro, we're going to get it in. We're going to talk about all of it right here. So let's just start off with everything. So we're right in. We just jump right in. Simone, how are you doing today? I am doing fabulous. Of course, you already know, anytime I get a chance to hang out with you two, I'm doing even better. So thank you so much for having me again. And you know, one of of my favorite things to do is to talk about money, stocks, and weed, but also to be on hot money. Mm, Girl, you are always hot and you're always ready. So let's get ready to talk about some hot money here on the Hot Money segment. Listen, right, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about the stock market in the pandemic. What are your thoughts right now on the economic trends that have developed in this unprecedented unprecedented time in America's financial history? Well, okay, so we have a very unique situation that's going on. Um, and, and as you guys hear me talk about all the time, there's only two streets that really matter. That's Main Street, which that's going to be our political ring. And then you also have Wall Street. And so right now, um, Wall Street and Main Street are kind of having a difference of opinion. And when I say that, I say, of course, economically, we're looking at definitely um, some downturn as far as um, uh, economic and income for our lower and our middle class being wiped out by the pandemic. We're creating a whole new normal, but yet and still, we're still having this fledging, um, really kind of rallying uh, stock market. And so one of the things that we're looking at is they're not speaking the same language. And so there possibly can be a time when those worlds cross. That's one, uh, um, one idea of it. The other idea is that at some point, because of our new normal and new things that are coming, these other companies like our tech companies can really, really, really become fledging companies that can make a a lot of money. So there are some many companies who have really, really seen some record numbers, not just in their stock prices, but also in their revenue due to COVID. And a lot of those are going to be tech companies or companies that we've seen as essential products or essential workers. But again, we also have to understand that we may be approaching a recession. We're looking at a lot of different things, especially with mortgages and rent, um, the, the income, the unemployment income has been cut. Um, A lot of people will not, a lot of companies have decided or have actually acknowledged the fact that they can work without having the extreme overhead of a brick and mortar. So there's a lot of things that are going to be going on. Uh, This can work out one or two ways. But one thing that we have to understand is out of pandemics, out of recessions and out of depressions, those are times when we create mass, mass, um, mass, mass amounts of wealth. And that's how that starts. Right. So a lot of our biggest millionaires and a lot of our biggest um, uh, millionaires and people that have made a lot of money and a lot of major, major corporations have come out of situations like this. 
Simone, what yes. in, what industries right now, if somebody's looking to invest in the stock market? I mean, we are mm-hmm. seeing a separation. You're seeing the stock market hitting record highs. You see, and, and it's lagging behind the economy. Like, they're going in two completely di- different directions. What are some industries right now that you think people need to be looking at to get into the stock market? So we say this all the time, and I'm I'm glad that's a great, great question. So one of the things that I would probably say is definitely um, you want to look at companies that have become your new normal, right? So new normal definitely on top is going to be anything that's tech. Uh, If you are a workplace uh, which is a um, a company that you can actually, you know, it monitors everything from your work and from your job. That's a great opportunity to possibly look in. I know my mother is the Zoom queen, right? So Zoom, my mother, my mother does handles the Zoom for her church, and she also handles it for the school system that she works that she used to work for. And so that lets me know that's a part of our life that's not going to probably leave, right? Um, even with glitches. So tech. Technology is going to be a, a, a great, great place for you to actually look at. And then also look at stocks and look at companies that you participate with all the time and every day. Um, and, and that way you can actually be able to when the stocks, stocks and companies are going to go up and down no matter what. Right. They're going to rally up and down. And so the key to it is not necessarily picking the winning stock. I mean, we all want to have bought Netflix when it first went to an IPO, right? We all would have wanted that, but who would have known? Right. And so the chances of us knowing which one uh, which one is going to be the next Netflix or the next Amazon is very, very slim to none. But if you purchase a company that you're familiar with, that has become a part of your new normal, if something happens in the news and it goes up and down, you're not ready to sell because you're still buying the product and you know that the product is still good. So that's how that goes. You know, we have a new segment here. We're going to do a segment with you called The Smoke. How about that? Let's try this. The Smoke. And this is where we give everybody information. What it is they need to be looking at. What it is that we're talking about. We're going to take people baby steps and we're going to walk them through and see if they know what it is you're talking about and you can explain it better. So let's start off in this segment. Let's talk about... What is an IPO? I know you just mentioned it with Netflix, but what is an IPO? So wonderful. I'm so glad you asked that. A lot of people ask me that question, right? So IPO stands for initial public offering. And that is where a privately owned company, meaning a company that you and I actually own. So you and I own a company and it's privately owned. So we're offering that company. We own it. We run it. We make the decisions and everything else. Initial public offering allows other individuals to be able to invest in a company. So they become shareholders. They become owners of this particular company. And those companies are usually sold on some type of exchange, where it's the New York Stock Exchange, the NASDAQ, or what have you. Then they're being able to uh, participate on those exchanges. And so in turn... We issue we that company issues shares of the company of the of the um, of the ownership of the company, and those shares can be bought on the exchange, and their prices go up and down based on the supply and demand. 
Makes sense? Makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right, cool. I'm glad I got that into you real, real quick. Yeah. What else you got? All right, Jay, I know you got some more questions. What would be a next question that you would ask right from this point? Well, there's two things I want to ask. First thing, um, it seems like the government now is making it easier for companies, small, smaller companies to be listed on these stock exchanges. And, and mm-hmm. I would like and I would like if you would just go into that a little bit. And also, I would like you to you, you were you were talking about earlier about stock splits. And, and I know a lot of people. Um, I don't really know exactly what that is. You hear about a split stocking, but you know, you know, a stock split. Yeah. You know, I can't say it even say it right. I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> we want, we want just how does that work? And as an investor, why is that something that I should be paying attention? Perfect. Uh, that is a wonderful question. So one of the things that I want to talk about, and, and I think we touched bases on it last week when I was on the show. So my company, just so everybody knows, my company is one of my one of my companies is Canis Capital uh, LLC, which is an, an insurance agency, and we insure. Uh, cannabis and craft beer companies from seed to sale and everything in between, right? And so one of the things that is painstaking in the cannabis industry is that there is not a market, a large enough market of underwriters that that create policies. And so just to put that in perspective, if you had a if you had a car business, you would call me and you say you want general liability. I could probably send it up through the state and get right. um, through underwriters and I can get reach out to 3000 underwriters that would give me a, a, a premium. Well, right. in cannabis, I probably have three. So the market is not set up. So our insurance agency is turning into an insurance company so that we could actually cover this. The reason why I'm sharing this is that we're doing what we call a regulation CF and CF start stands for crowdfunding. Now we've heard about what crowdfunding is. Um, you know, there's three different types. So one crowdfunding is, uh, I is GoFundMe, right? So I have a problem. I have something that a charity, I want you to give me my turn. I hope it works out for you. The next way is going to be for us to be able to do is um, regulation is going to be under crowdfunding where I Kickstarter. So I have something and then you have and then in turn, I'm going to give you a T-shirt. So I have an idea. I have an object and then I'm going to give you something behind it. Right. So a T-shirt, a button or whatever. Then the other one is regulation crowdfunding. Regulation crowdfunding is under the Jobs Act on 2000 from Obama. Okay. So at that point, smaller companies could be able to do a couple things. 12 months, you are able to raise $1 million in 12 okay. months. That's the maximum amount. After you raise that $1 million, then to a Reg A plus and a Reg D that would then put you on the stock exchange. So that's why we see so many now being able to take on that opportunity because you get the word out and get the information a very short amount of time because of social media. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Right? So, so that's the answer for that. Okay. Then we also, I think the second part of the question was about stock splits, right? Right, right. So if you've been watching the news, you've been listening to everything, one of the things that is really, really important is seeing uh, Apple just recently split. Okay. And so this is actually their fourth time doing a stock split since they've been inception. They did it in 2000. They did it in, uh, I think they did it in 1985. They did it in 2002. They've now, done Simone, it plenty of times. 
can you break it down for some of us? There is a stock split. Oh, and how are they able you. to do this four or five times? Right. Yeah, I'm going to tell okay. you. So just so you know, this isn't like something new okay. for Apple to be able to do it. Okay. So they've done it plenty of times in their inception. Yeah. So what a stock split is, is that what, what you would do is let's say you have one stock, right? And that mm -hmm. one stock is, is $100. That's the okay. price of it, right? right. So Pretty instead expensive. of you having one stock for, one, for $100, you split it. And the holders of it now have two stocks, fifty dollars a piece, that are a hundred dollars. That come so to be a hundred dollars. So, so you split it in half. So that makes it easier then if I can't really afford that hundred dollar yes. stock, I might be able mm -hmm. to afford one fifty dollar stock so more people could come in and actually purchase the stock. Exactly. So that's why that is why someone would do it. So let's break it okay. down. A company okay. um that's in a sector. And so sectors uh -huh. are gonna be like tech, they would be financial, consumer goods, all of this other stuff, right? So if right. you have a company that is in that sector, they can perhaps be in a situation where their their company or their price of their stock outprices the other people in the sector, right? And so okay, if right. it outprices, just think about it like this. If you go into a growth I always tell people when they go to the market, you go into the grocery store, and once you go into that grocery store, um, you go in and you look at the different brands and you look at whatever. Well, if you definitely, I mean, you know, some people will not buy off-brand products, and, right, but right. if you have one that's possibly on sale, you're probably going to buy the one that's on sale, right? right? Uh -huh. So if, just let's put this in perspective. If I'm saying I like tech or I like cannabis, Right. Right. Of course, if I only have $1,000 to invest or $10,000 to invest, I would probably look at the companies that were a little bit underpriced, right, or um, not cheap but cheaper than the other ones right. so that I could be able to grow and, and what have you. If I had a large amount of money, then I would invest in the big ones. So one of the reasons why a lot of companies do it is because they want to be more attractive to smaller investors, right? Yeah. Um, and they want to be able to not be so out of price for, um, in their sector. Now, why is that important today? Let's talk about why this is important today. Now we have Robin Hood and we have more Robin Hood investors than we have anything else right now. And the right. average Robin Hood investor probably invests about 200 to $1,000 on the average. So if they're doing that, they can't afford to put all their eggs in one basket and buy right. a 300 400 or $1,000 uh, stock. They have to look at small ones and what the powers that be and Wall Street understand that they can really move the needle up and down with Robin Hood investors. You know, it, it's absolutely amazing now how they're allowing your average layperson to be involved, get more involved in investing. And, and, and Robin Hood's almost like, it almost seems like it's like a fund or something. Like you, you're buying a part of a fund. You know what I'm saying? So, well, Robin Hood is a broker dealer and it's an app. So it's yeah. where you exchange the trades or whatever. But what okay. happened is before that wasn't, op that wasn't opted to us. In addition to that, how they changed the game is they allowed it to be free. See, before when oh. you had a broker deal, when you went to your bank and you opened up a fund, guess what? Right. You, there was there was a commission to it. You had to pay a fee and all this other stuff. Even with fidelities right. and all that other stuff until last year, you still had to pay $6.99, $12.99 a trade or whatever. Right. Now most right. of them are, are, are done, and then you could actually – most of them are already done, and you, they're free. It's about everybody's free right now. 
So if cool. everybody's yeah. free to do, and, and we're just saying everybody's free as far as their options. Oh, I mean, all of the all of the broker dealers, they're not charging fees anymore. Okay, so nobody's for charging regular fees trades. For, for regular trades. Mm -hmm. So you can get up and do it. Most of them, once Robinhood went free, every uh, most of the other ones follow suit. Okay, so let's talk about it. What's the difference between an IPO and a share? Okay, cool. So as we said before, IPOs, that's the initial traded company, a public offering. So that is the company. Mm -hmm. The IPO just means you just got out there. You have been private, now, you, now you're now um, public. And so you'll be an IPO, I think it's maybe a year, whatever, but an, a newly initial, that's your initial, right? You just got out there. Shares are what are it would with the IPO sales. Those are the the ownership pieces. So when you become an IPO, what happens is is the SEC says this is the valuation. Let's say the SEC let's use a round number says that your company is worth one million dollars, right? Right. Okay. One million dollars, and so you are, and so you can have what is the math? A hundred thousand shares at ten dollars mm -hmm. a share. That's the market cap. So that's right. what the shares are. So the powers that they go in, and they do a forensic uh, analysis of your financial statements, and they say you can issue out 1 million shares, right? And that's it. That's all you get to issue. And they're valued at this, at $10 today. Now, how they make money is, depending on supply and demand, that price will go up and down. So the IPO is the initial public price, the initial offering. That's what it is. Okay. So if it's the initial offering, and that's what we're looking for, everybody's looking really to the IPO to go public so that they can get shares into it. What are the other benefits of having an IPO for people to buy publicly? Okay, so let's make sure that we're clear. Let's back that up. The IPO is the initial public price, no more, no less. So once the SEC says this is how much it is, it's $10, it's, it, the valuation is done, we get, which is we call a market cap. So let's say the market cap is $1 million, right? And $1 million, that means that the SEC said you can issue out, I think the number is 100000 and then mm -hmm. you can do them at $10 a share. So let's make sure mm -hmm. that we are clear on that. We don't want to confuse anybody on that. Mm -hmm. Now. Right. Um, and then the shares are definitely are called the, the $10 piece by piece. So now you want to talk about what are the benefits. So let's talk about there are both benefits and extreme risks when you come with, um, with IPOs. So let me tell you about IPOs and their risks first. So when a, the price of a, uh, of a stock is based on market sentiment and market expectation. That's mm -hmm. what makes it go up and down. It is the emotion of the investor. If the Gr investor, greed and fear, right? Greed and fear, yeah. Greed and fear, of course. Yeah. So when an initial public offering is sent out, that is the SEC saying what the price is. That's not what the what the masses and the traders and the investors are saying what the price is. So when you get an IPO, that does not mean it's going to stay at that price. It's actually right. very risky. Because you know who's holding those shares? There is a lockup period of where the investor, where major investors, ex, um, executives, board and directors, people that hold large, the larger portion of the shares, they have to hold on to it. They may even be employees. About six months, nine months later, that lockdown period is done, and then they have the ability to sell those shares. Okay. Right? So just think about it. 
You obtain a new company, right? Acquire a new company. It's already had its culture. Everything was gone. Good. Another company comes in and absorbs it. They become an IPO. They done pissed off all the employees. They done sold all their stock because they mad. All right? It happens right. all the time. Okay. Another thing is, is that the market has not decided yet what the price is going to be. And so sometimes it might be a little bit better to wait until the market decides. Now, that is the bad. The good thing is, is that if you get in early with a company and this is a company that you really believe in, you believe in the culture, you believe in the structure, you believe in the business model, you believe in all that, then you have a wonderful opportunity of getting in on the ground floor and possibly making a large return. So yes, there is a lot of risk that goes along with investing in the IPO, but we all know that you're without any risk, there is no reward. Hmm. Now that's a word to live by. You're listening to The Sizzle. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about all this good stuff. We've gotten all this up in smoke, and now everybody knows what we're smoking on. And what we're smoking on is giving you information to get you back in the game and to get you winning in the game. But right now, we've really got to talk about what's going on with the dopest chick on your news line and on your timeline. Is we got to find out. Okay, Simone, I know you're doing a lot. I know it's a lot of big things going on. So yes, I feel like a Jamaican. <laughs> So yeah, I got, I got more jobs and I know what to do. With. Yeah, you do. I see that you're back in the office and I see things are moving back and we're getting yes. back to a, a new norm. So tell us mm -hmm. what's new with you. What's going on with you right now? So I have been having just an amazing time in my life. I never would have thought that it turned into all of this, right? at once um and and so what a difference that a day makes so um i've gotten some new appointments that i think are amazing i would love to share with everybody so one um the first one which i, I think everybody knows that i'm the president for the michigan chapter for minorities for medical marijuana big ups to m for m m and my and my whole family um oh, that is there but i've also been appointed um as the chairwoman for the business development for racial equity program in Michigan under the Michigan Marijuana Regulatory Agency, which is our regulatory agency that governs and issues the licensing in cannabis in Michigan. And why this is so, so important, because my group and this subcommittee that they put together, um, we are responsible for creating the language that will go into the bills and the laws in Michigan as it speaks for racial and social equity to create pathways and tangible activities for people of color to participate in the cannabis space. And guess what? Y'all know the most influential woman in the room is the one who controls the wallet, and that's your girl. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, right? So I thought that that was going to be big, right? But God keeps doing it bigger and bigger for me, and I'm telling you right now, I wish I could tell y'all I was all of that, but I, I, I take no responsibility for any of this. I give all praises to God. The next thing that we were able to do is that there is a group called the National Cannabis Industry Association. It is the largest organization in, and oldest organization for legal cannabis in the United States. I mean, this boy is big. There are governors, 
congressmen, uh, CEOs of major publicly traded corporations. They got little on me. So I have joined the risk management and insurance uh, group where we will be helping with uh, how the pathways and language will be created on federal level. So this is an elite group of individuals who all own their own insurance agencies, and we will be creating pathways and tangible activities via social economics and um, education platforms to help individuals and entrepreneur, major entrepreneurs to be able to navigate through this whole cannabis space. You know, I just want our listeners right now to take a moment and just drink in what Simone Quezon just told you. This woman knows what she's talking about. She's well-connected in her space, and she's ready to do what she's setting out to do. This is the time right now, if you guys want to get involved with somebody who's on the move, who knows what they're talking about, right at the ground floor with this IPO. I mean, I'm excited about this IPO. I'm excited about your company coming out, going public, Simone. I mean, I, I couldn't think of anybody else that I could see leading uh, this group out. You know what I'm saying? I think you're right out in front. Can you give our listeners a little bit more about your company? Why they should believe in you? Why should they believe in this company that it's going to go and do uh, be a, a big player in this segment because right now it's wide open. I mean, right yeah, now like yeah, you said, there's, there's yeah. not a lot of there's not a lot of people, and we know a lot of people get involved in the cannabis situation here in the United States. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and there're going to be more players. You might not get an opportunity like this again mm-hmm. to be involved in an IPO this early. Tell us a little bit more about that. Tell us a little bit more about you, and why should people get involved? Well, definitely. So one, I guess one thing is that the biggest thing is that you want to look at the management of, of a company and the yeah. founders, right? And I think that's really, really important in any kind of investment, whether you're doing a startup or uh, co-op farming or whatever, you have to understand, you know, about the founders. One, our company has been listed on the Better Business Bureau with a double A rating since its inception. That's the first yeah. thing. Um, second thing is I, my reputation is impeccable, right? Yeah. And so anybody that does business with me, period. They always say these great things. And listen, y'all, they don't even make me pay them. They don't even ask me for no money for them to say great things. They just right. say it. And I say that and not it is not about me. It's about how I actually do business. Right. Um, so with this IPO, why is this a great idea? So if we look at the state farms, the all states, even AIG, yeah. they all became triple and a hundred a hundred percent or better or came in inception out of a pandemic that's what insurance does they come out of crisis right so whether it was the great depression or whatever insurance always changes and people always look to insurance when something catastrophe when a catastrophe happens right yeah. the other thing is is that the market is is not the market is very very small so we're solving two problems one the first problem is, is that we're creating a competitive market for cannabis businesses to be able to participate and so because of that, they will pay premiums, but their premiums will look more like what it should reflect instead of them being raped by the, the underwriters that are there. That's the first thing. Okay. The second thing is, is that we are creating a pathway where individuals will be able to invest in our company with as low as $250 all the way up to $10,000. Whoa, 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 so this whoa, is whoa. An hold on. To, hold mm-hmm. on now. You're running past that. Yeah. So you mean to say. I can get involved into a brand new industry from yep. the ground floor. 
that mm-hmm. could possibly grow as big as all these other insurance agencies yep. that I know of for $250. Yep, for $250. Let me tell you why. Under regulation CF, the minimum is $250. The maximum is $10,000 yeah. you can put in. Now, there's a couple things that I had to do to protect the company. One, we do have a vetting process. So just because you have $250 in your purse, does that mean that we are going to take, or your wallet does not mean that we're going to take it. There has to be, we set a realistic expectation of that it's going to be at least tied up for at least three years. The reason why it'll be at least three years is because we have 12 months to raise the first million dollars, and then we have 24 months to raise $40 million, which will be the actual amount that we will need to go public. So the expectation is actually set. Now, we want to be able to offer this at a low cost so that more people that, because before, these options were only granted to people who were accredited investors, people that had $250,000 or more. We want to offer this at a low income investment, but we want to create the, we want to make sure that we create a positive and definitely realistic way of being able to get your return. When you hear about scams and you watch American Greed, you gotta think about it like this. Somebody says, hey, I invested my whole retirement. Now the only reason some fool would invest a whole retirement is if somebody told them one, they gave them an unrealistic expectation on the return on investment. They gave them an unrealistic um, uh, idea of the time frame. Yeah. And then they gave them an unrealistic uh, uh, idea of what the actual investment was and where it was coming from. We're not doing any of that. So it has to be we are doing truth and great, great character. So this is not a Ponzi scheme. You ain't got to bring nobody else in for you right. to get in. This is not a, a loom. This is not a multi-level marketing this is investing in a pre ipo why is that important because in most cases the money is made in the pre ipo because you're able to get the company at the ground level and once it goes public if the company is doing well and if all everything all things being equal the public price will be a lot higher than the price that you came in on uh, this, this is like great information, man. Anybody out there listening to this, Simone is giving you a gem right here. She's giving you some financial information that you probably, you'll be able to get somewhere else, but you're getting it right here. And you were the woman who's saying, look, I'm going to be, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on. I'm being upfront about everything. And I'm letting you know, this is the time to get in. Cause you're trying to wait till later on. You try to get in two, three years from now, four years from now, we, we it might cost you a lot more. So this something looks, you know, it's just fantastic. Well, this is the thing. Also, they got to know. I hold too many chairwomen seats yeah. for me to be out here lying to people. Cause I y'all know can that's find right. me. You know I know that's saying? right. Yeah. When you, and then that's <laughs> one of the beauty, the things that I love about what I do is that I get a chance to represent some of the biggest. Uh, names, uh, organizations in the cannabis space. And you got to understand, that ain't no knickknack. You know what I'm saying? These people are are going behind somebody who's stealing and, you know, maneuvering. All so I not only have a fiduciary responsibility to individuals who are investing civic a community and a career responsibility to the organizations who have um blessed me with their kind of stamp of okay but we do i do want to tell you guys about um a free event that i have coming up Ooh, go ahead girl yes sir, ma'am. all go right ahead. cool so 
Me being the dope chick that I am, Mm -hmm. I am in love with building wealth, right? And so I am offering a free five-day, one, two, three, four, five-day tutorial. I want people to come in. So you'll be able to go to my website, and you can join the landing page so that you can get the click funnel, and you'll be able to do it. So y'all check this out. It's going to be so cool. On day one, we are talking about global investing and global diversification. I will be going to Ghana, and the people who are sponsoring me, I'm actually interviewing her, and she's going to tell you about how you can diversify your portfolio and diversify and globally investing in Ghana. On day two, we are going to talk to my friends from Jamaica. They have a co-op farm. It's a hemp farm. And they are actually, they're doing crowdfunding. They're raising $250,000. And you can become an investor while farming and get a dividend every quarter. But it gets even better. If you want to invest in a startup company, a company that's actually just beginning, or you want to start a, um, investing, in, investing in a startup company, or even start one. One of my best friends who is a cannabis consultant and a lobbyist, he's uh, gotten lots of businesses to get started. I'm interviewing you and he's going to tell you all the nuts and bolts. And then if you're looking for income, everybody wants a little pocket change. I got one of the top forex traders that's going to be hollering at me and telling everybody how they can create income. And then of course, last but not least, it's me, the dope chick. And I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about investing in pot stocks. This thing is going to be amazing, and you don't want to miss it. When is this happening? Tell the people how to get involved with this. Tell them what so wonderful. So what they can do, yeah. So what they can go on is they can go to www.csimonecason.com. There will be a pop up, and then immediately all they have to do is put their information in. It'll say five day days of building wealth. Put their information in, and then um, an email will be sent to them on how they can log on and start their five days. So the kickoff will be early September. Um, we're just waiting to finish everything out but the pop-up will be up on which is up now well i'm gonna sign up today and i'm gonna make sure i got the big smiley face on there you know what i'm saying because i want to learn everything you was just talking about because i need to i need to do some jamaica i need to go some ghana i need to all this type of stuff you know what i'm saying isn't that amazing I was yeah. like, oh my God, this is this is all about building wealth. So five days of building generational wealth. And we just going to knock that thing out. It, you know, I am so excited. I think while you were talking, I went to look at it myself just to sign up so that I'm ready. I want to be there. Oh, you, oh, and you I got wanna, there before me. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm going to get my spot. No, I'm holding the spot for you, though, bro. I'm not going to let you. I'm holding the spot, but I got to get there because <laughs> it's so important right now about what it is when we talk about finances and building Mm -hmm. generational wealth and i know that your time is limited so we're gonna wrap but before we wrap i know that you have been active politically and what's Mm -hmm. going on in not only just the black lives matter movement but what's going on socially and politically within our country so before we wrap i just wanted to ask you what is what do you think what are your thoughts about what's going on culturally within the African-American community as we move forward in this country, moving to an election and moving forward financially. What are your thoughts and what do you think about what's going on? 
Well, I'll tell you right now. Um, there ha- I mean, we all know that there has to be so much change, right? And so what that means, though, there's definitely change um, because we, we oftentimes are and, and have been since since slavery, uh, systematic racism, right? And so these systematic racism things that, that go on, um, it, it, it's, you know, from job placement, you know, from housing, red tape, um, you know, Jim Crow laws, all of these different things that definitely stand in our way. Um, I think the, the thought of the shooting reminds me the public lynching. Yeah. Right? It, it, and, and so when we see this over and over and over again on social media or wherever it is, it is, it is that, that here you still a N word and I'll do with you what, what I will. Right. Right. And so what it does to me, what I, what I uh, equated to, it creates a sense of fear Mm -hmm. and a sense of anger that only helps it mimic itself over and over again. Right. So the more we see it, it's almost like, you know, that one thing that you don't want to happen, but you make it happen over and over and over again. Since we've had this, uh, there, there has been no stopping or any shortage of the, the, the shooting of unarmed black men. Right. And so the violence has started to increase. The anxiety has started to increase. The fear is increased. And if you're constantly in fear, what are you going to do? You're going to react fear. Right. right. So you got fight or flight. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have the systematic, uh, uh, racism. Then we have the layer of the of the, and then now we have the uh, the seduction of the black vote. Right. So everybody right now wants to tell me how important racial equity and and and, and social equity is. I'm not no fool. You ain't gonna have this conversation with me come um November fourth. Absolutely correct. You gonna talk to me up until November third, and so that's why I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Be honest. I go out here and I ask these corporations and everything from every dollar that they spend because I know they breaking up with me come November 4th. I need to get everything I can. Absolutely right. I'm just going to be honest with you. So I say all of this to say is that, one, we have to be more collective. One of the things that I that that hurts me the most is that, and, and mind you, I believe that all races have different agendas within their subcultures. But I wish that we could actually have a collective agenda that more that more than 20 percent of us actually aligned with. I think that that would be very, very good. The other thing is that I would rather I wish that we could get to a place where we could have more black leaders and not black managers. I feel like right now that most of the individuals, we don't have a Malcolm X or a Martin Luther King anymore that had a strong agenda. We have people who manage the Negroes, right? That they throw money to something and they do a big social media thing right. and, and and let everybody know and then we share it and we clap. But at the end of the day, when the last time I seen your ass in the hood, right? So I don't I don't think that we have black managers. Last but not least, I wish that we would take our voting process and economic development into more seriousness. What people have to understand is that people have died for you to vote and that more importantly, this election that we're with Trump is very very important. But let me tell you what's even more important. What happens on your civil every day is your local elections. And people need to start turning out for those. The shit that um, Trump is doing, it's four years before you will feel that. 
You see what right. I'm saying? Like right. the stuff that like he's he's out, he's out, and we're just not really feeling the strong, you know, narrative of this man being just a racist. What the hell? He's been a racist the whole four years. But it took us four years to really be impacted by it. But right. your local, your cops, your judges, and all that other stuff, that hits you immediate. So you gotta be able to do that. And then last but not least, collectively looking at dollars. Right now, we have more entrepreneurs than we probably you have had because you can pick up your phone and you can get your message out there but collectively we have to understand about insurance creating generational wealth and understand the person who that um controls the conversation is the person that controls the wallet you know simone uh, i'm hearing everything that you're saying and i understand the frustration because you're looking for a place to start how can we get everyone collectively thinking the same way you know, because I, I know um, in the black community, you have your more educated black people in the community and you have those people who are not so educated and they tend to not be together that often. They tend to <laughs> separate themselves, you know. And so the question is, how can we get those two, um, the, the educated community and the not educated community, can we find common ground so that we can pull everybody together so we can start moving forward? Do you have any ideas of where a person who is educated, a person like yourself, a person who's listening to today, how can they go and go back into the hood or back into the neighborhoods? What can they do to possibly help move this situation forward? Well, I'll tell you what I do. Um, one of the things that I think a lot of people, um, even on state and the national level, I, I'm recognized for my participation in my neighborhoods, right? Yeah, so yeah. I moved to Chicago when I was 20 years old, stayed there for 20 years. Y'all don't start asking me how old I am. I'll cut your face. So, <laughs> so <laughs> but then I moved back to a small town called Muskegon, Michigan, which is where I grew up in the Heights, right? And so this is where I pay taxes. This is where my mother lives or whatever. And I'm a big part of my community. I do community cleanups and everything. Else. So no matter how high, I can go and sit and have dinner with the governor or lieutenant governor or whatever. No right. matter how high I am, I still go back to my hood and I do cleanups. I participate in the things that I want. I think we got to get to the point where we're all human beings, right? Yeah, right. So... As much as I tell you I'm going to Ghana or whatever, I'm doing whatever, I also go out into the neighborhood and I get mad respect and, and I holler. And I'm not saying everybody has to do that. But what I'm saying is we have to get to the point where we don't believe our own BS, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So know where you come from. Know who it is. Have an agenda. Don't be afraid of your own people. And then try to figure out ways on. This is the thing. Everybody wants to have an opinion on social media. But do you know participating in a food bank once a year could help? You see what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be bigness. You don't have to put up that you gave $1,000 to your neighborhood or whatever. So, I mean, it could be something small. I used to volunteer. When I first moved back, I used to volunteer at the local soup kitchen here. But you know what I did? I did it every Monday when I was in Chicago. So it wasn't something that was what new that to do? me. Right, yeah. Right. So get back into the point of being a having a servant's attitude. Yeah. Right. So that's very, very important. The other thing is, is making sure that you participate on a level that will um, will not only just help others, but I think we definitely need a uh, uh, a leader. And I don't I just don't other than, oh, Minister Farrakhan, I take that back. You know, 
But other than Minister Farrakhan, and whether or not you agree with everything he says or he doesn't say, he's consistent and ain't no dirt on his neck, right? He turned out, he turned out men. Yep. So, and he turns out men. So, yeah. um, and, and Minister Farrakhan is probably the only man that I've never met that I love, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say definitely, uh, having some form of strong leadership, but one of the things that I see, and, and you probably talk about this, they fight amongst each other. Like the pro black people, they don't even like each other. Like how all of y'all on the same page and y'all don't even like each other. Absolutely right. Yep. Right. So it's too much dissension for us to even follow you. Cause you arguing with us. You talk about how we all supposed to get off, but you throwing that, like you look crazy. So that's, that's my thing. I don't. I don't put no negative energy out there. Well, you know what? I think that's a good place to leave it. I think working together and being able to build just like we're building here, giving people information, mm -hmm. giving the community information, letting people know how they can win, not only in the stock game, but in the game of life, how you can get over, mm -hmm. how you can win. And so now you know how to maneuver. Now you know what an IPO mm -hmm. is. Now you know what companies are doing it. And for those who didn't know, now you know one of the dopest chicks in the industry, and you got a personal one-on-one -on -one with one of the hottest chicks in not only the Midwest, but maybe the world. You never yeah. know. We're speaking those things into existence. So we're just saying, this is going to happen. This is great stuff. So, Simone, before we get out of here, I want you to leave your, yes. your, your parting thoughts. What is it that you want to leave the people this is an unprecedented time and it's scary for a lot of us, right? It's very scary for a lot of us. Um, but again, as I said, in most cases like this, crises like this create um, wonderful, wonderful opportunities of wealth. Now, let's be honest. It also creates opportunities for scams. So yeah. I wanna make sure that you do your due diligence on any investment or money thing that you decide to do. I want you to make sure that you do your research and I want to make sure that you um, put things in perspective on what your lifestyle is and your risk appetite, meaning your um, how much you can lose, how much you can stomach to lose and how much you are willing to gain. So if you're able to do some of those things, take some courses, reach out to us and learn. Um, we have plenty of courses for you. And then after that, Go ahead out there and get that money. Yeah, that's the key. Go and get that money. And that's what you have to do here on Hot Money. So listen, if you're looking for Simone Kason, go right to her website at see Simone Kason. Sign up for the class. It's a five-day free class. What you got to lose? Nothing. It's free, dog. Just go and do it. Just go and do it. Do it's something for yourself. It's going to be great. So, yo, we've had so much fun. This has been a blast. This is one of the hottest hours we do. So we want to thank you, Simone, for coming on and sharing your time with us and giving the people some information and some knowledge. Jay, is there something you got to say before we get out the door? Hey, I just want to let the people know that make this moment right now, make this to be a movement so that you can move forward in your in this life so that we can better our people. It's time to get involved, and you got opportunity right now to get, get involved with one of the hottest women in the game right now. Go to her website. Go get signed up. Go get this free stuff that she's giving you because you can't pay for this. Not all that energy, and she's going to lead you on the way. Sign up right now. Yeah, so before we go, Simone, how do the people reach out to you if they want to catch you on any media? How do they catch you? Well, everything is C. 
T-I-M-O-N-E-C-A-S-S-O-N. And that is uh, Tinder, Christian Mingle, uh, IG, uh, Facebook, fan page, website, um, MySpace, Black Planet. Anything is going to be CSimoneKSA.com. I hard to find. YouTube, we got a new YouTube channel that's coming up. But they can always find me here with the Sizzle Brothers. But everything is CSimoneKSA. And like I said, y'all want my Twitter handle? You want to swipe left? <laughs> don't swipe left only. Um, Christian Mingle, God is good. I don't say nothing. Y'all find me there too. <laughs> you know what it is. You know who it is. It's the sizzle, and this is the Hot Money Segment. Thank you for listening to the sizzle here on Iron Skillet Radio. Look, man, I need a place to stay, Jay. Look, let me tell you something. <laughs> Caught me off guard, you know. <laughs> Okay, let's try this again, my friend. I was about to say, if all your money's spent and you can't pay the rent, <laughs> then you don't, don't call. But if you got an extra change and you need a place to stay, you know, get right around the way. You know what I'm saying? Get on, here, get on over here to die. Thomas over here. Uh, all right. Because I don't know the number, man. You got to say the number. I don't know the number. Need a place to stay? Call Diana Thomas at 219-230-3352. That's Diana Thomas, 219-230-3352. 20 years, man, in the business of written apartments. She must know what she's doing because she got me in mind. Y'all need to give her a call, baby. Hey, if y'all need a place to stay, she's the one to make it happen. That's 219-230-3352. CNA Auto Repair and Towing, 93 East Main Street, Chicago Heights, Illinois. Open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Call 708-758-2855. Complete auto and collision repair at CNA Auto. You're listening to The Sizzle. Thank you for listening to The Sizzle here on Iron Skillet Radio.